praise God, the King is coming back. And, and I think this is a timely message, you know, uh, the past week. In fact, this year, you can go beyond this year <clears throat> and, and see that there has been so much pain. But especially this week, the world is hurting. People are hurting. The, the people of earth are going through such division and strife and sorrow and anguish and it's like there are waves and waves of pain coming through there's there's been deaths over the coronavirus and and uh, the uh, the the terrible tragedy that happened uh in uh, minneapolis i believe it was and and the response to it and and people are filled with anger and resentment and you've got people being divisive and hateful and even the church people in the church uh allowing hatred to creep into their hearts and and division to creep into their hearts it's like there are waves and just waves of pain coming through the earth and and i want today to to help you realize that the pains that we're feeling are not pains that lead to death but they're pains that lead to life. I want to read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 24, and I want to encourage you, when you leave this, uh, this time that we're together today, read the chapter of, uh, the 24th chapter of Matthew and the 8th chapter of Romans, and really digest what is being said in these two chapters, Matthew 24 and Romans chapter 8. And I'm not going to read the whole chapters, of course, but I'm going to dig some stuff out of here to help you. First of all, in verse 3, it says, As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Notice they equate three things that happen to, to them here. They're saying, something's going to happen. What is the sign of your coming? What's going to happen is that you're coming, and it will coincide with the end of this age. Did you catch that? And Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one mislead you. I want to stop right there. One of the reasons that I want to preach this message, and I believe the Holy Spirit brought this message uh, through me today and to the body of Christ and the world today, is so that you are not misled. You are not looking at the pains around you and seeing hopelessness and death, but you're seeing hope and life you're seeing that this is a sign of something to come. Come on, let me continue. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ and will mislead many. That's right. There are going to be a lot of people during painful times like this that are going to tell you that they have the answer. They can heal. They can deliver. They can bridge the gap. I mean, are you tired of politicians on both sides telling us that they can bridge the gap and they can bring the country together? And uh, we know that no one is really going to do that except for King Jesus. No one is going to bring the ultimate that we want except for King Jesus. Many will come and say, I'm the one who'll save you. I'm the one who'll do it. And they'll mislead many. You'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for those things must take place. Don't be frightened, he says. 
For all of you who are looking out at the world and seeing the waves of pain coming through and seems like one problem after the other and it seems hopeless, don't be afraid. These things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But watch this. All these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. I want you to know this, church. I want you to know this one truth today, that the pain you're seeing, the wave you're seeing, are not the proof of imminent death. They are contractions in the spirit realm that something new is about to be born. A new age is coming. We ought to look to these things as a sign that the king is coming back. Can you just stop and praise him right now? Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. These are the beginnings of birth pangs. Do you catch that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The world is in pain. Yes, the world's been in pain since the fall. The world has been in pain from the beginning. And, and for centuries, the world cried out for a Savior. And a Savior was promised from the book of Genesis all the way up through the, the prophets. You see the promise of a coming Messiah. And one day, a Savior was born in the city of David. And Jesus lived a perfect life here on earth. And he died on the cross, a death he didn't deserve. But he died for our sins so that we might be free from the power of sin and death. And because he was obedient in death, even death on the cross, he was raised by the Father, gloriously raised as King of kings and Lord of lords. That's right, ruler of the kingdom of God. So Jesus came the first time and he defeated sin and death. He brought the kingdom of God and he brought that kingdom in a spiritual realm, in a spiritual sense, the kingdom lives within us. Some of the things that Jesus said about the kingdom of God on his first trip to planet earth was that his kingdom was not of this world. Doesn't mean his kingdom's not here. It means it didn't come from the earth. It's not an earthly kingdom. But the kingdom of God is not meat and drink as people think. In other words, it's not physical things. It's not about accomplishing and gathering wealth and, and physical things. He brought the kingdom in a spiritual sense first. Are you catching that? Jesus brought the kingdom in a spiritual sense first, and the kingdom resides in the body of Christ. That's right, child of God. The kingdom of God resides in you. And as you live your life for Jesus, it leaks out into the world. Amen. Jesus said, let the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So as we live our lives with the kingdom inside of us, and we see people who are sick, we pray for them so that the sickness will leave them just like it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. And we pray. We are portals. We're leaking the goodness of the kingdom into their lives so that what is in heaven, if they were in heaven, they'd be perfectly healthy. And we pray so that it comes to earth and the kingdom is leaking out of your life, child of God. As you, as you live in the spirit and you walk in the spirit, sometimes you feel like, Man, I just make tons of mistakes and there's no way God can use me. I want you to know that God is using you and the kingdom is leaking out of your life. Through your actions, through your love, through your prayers, through your example, the kingdom is coming to earth through your life. Oh, and you know what? 
When Jesus came the first time, he brought the kingdom in a spiritual sense, but the kingdom is coming in a physical and natural sense as well. Hallelujah. There are signs that the kingdom is coming to earth in a physical and natural sense. What I mean is that one day the rapture is going to take place. The church is going to go away. There's going to be a short period of time where all hell breaks loose. And then the church and King Jesus are physically coming back to earth to rule and reign for a thousand years of peace. Now, I don't want to get into the minutia of that today. I just want you to look at the signs of the times and realize that the pain you see is not the pain of death. It's the pain of birth. What we're seeing is something new is about to be born and brought to planet earth. The very signs of the return of Jesus are imprinted on your life, child of God. Let me, let me help you and show you how very quickly. We know, if you listen to me for, for uh, any length of time at all, you know that I believe that a person is made up of spirit, soul, and body. And that the spirit is the part of you that connects directly to God. The soul is your, the internal part of you that connects to planet Earth. The, uh, the, the mind, the will, the emotions, and also can connect to the spirit. And then, of course, your body is your body. Now, when you're not saved, your soul and body are alive, but your spirit is dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, right? So there's only parts of you that are living, and they're broken because of the fall of Adam. You're imperfect, right? Well, when you get saved, you are born again and your spirit is brought to life. Now, all three parts of you are alive, child of God. And the part of you that is your spirit is perfect. It is sanctified holy. Paul said that we should be sanctified holy. That's the desire of God, that we would be completely perfected in Christ, spirit, soul, and body. But how many of you know that the flesh part of us, which is our soul and our body, isn't perfect yet? The reason we know that is because our mind, our thinking, our emotions, our will is not perfect yet. We make mistakes. We sin and fall short of the glory of God. We know we're not perfect because our bodies get sick and, and they get tired and they physically die here on planet Earth. They're not perfected yet. But we know that there's coming a day. We long for it. We groan for it when we will be completely holy, sanctified in Jesus Christ. In fact, if you go to Romans chapter 8, I'm going to go there very quickly and I want you to go there with me. Romans chapter 8. And this whole chapter is great. When you start out and you read uh, 1 through about, let's say, 17, realize that the Apostle Paul is talking here about living in the Spirit. How that right now we don't have our essence, our identity, our power in the natural, but it's in our spirit realm. That's because our spirits are perfected in union with Christ while our flesh is not. So we have these earthen vessel suits, this, this not perfected mind and emotions and not perfected body that the spirit comes out of. Now, are you following me so far? And so he's saying we're living in the spirit now. And as long as we live in the spirit now, we long for something. Watch this. He said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know what I get from that? There's something good coming for you, child of God. Do you catch that? This is not all there is. There's something good coming. Let me go on. 
for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Yes, there's something coming. Even creation is eagerly awaiting for it. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know what that means? The world was created in perfection, and when Adam fell, a curse came not only on us, but it came upon the entire creation. And when creation has been cursed, it is self. Creation itself is longing for the day that our perfection will be revealed, because when our perfection is revealed, then creation will follow with us. Are you catching that today? Wow. For we know that the whole creation groans, listen to that, and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. You know what the pain is? It's not the pains of death. It's not the pains of impending doom. It's the pains of childbirth. It's signs that new life is coming. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Not only this, but we know that we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit. Let me stop there. The first fruits of the Spirit. You know what that tells you? That the Spirit came first. Now I'm about to tie all the loose ends together, so just hang with me. You got to understand this before we can go back to the King is coming. Having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly. For the adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he has already seen? Our hope is not that things are going to stay the way they are. Our hope is in something that you can't see with your eyes, but we know is coming. Hallelujah. If you hope only in this life, Paul said, you would be of all people most miserable. But we know that this is just the first fruits. The spiritual kingdom of God came to us as a first fruit, and it is not finished yet. Something is coming. We wait. We hope. But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Child of God, I want you to get this. The pain that you're feeling, the waves of pain, they're contractions. What's happening is the kingdom of God is contracting and preparing for the birth of something new. A new age is coming. A millennial reign where King Jesus is going to do everything that our souls, our hearts, our minds, our lives have been longing for. Don't you see it? It's imprinted on your life. First came the spiritual perfection in your life when you got saved. But there's coming a day when you see Jesus face to face that your soul will be perfected. And when the dead in Christ are raised, your body will be perfected. Do you realize what I'm saying here? The return of Jesus is imprinted on your life. For first the kingdom came spiritually, but it's coming again in the natural realm where we will see him face to face. He will be here with us. He will take up a physical kingdom on planet earth. And Jesus will be what creation longed for. Jesus will be what you and I have longed for. When we sit back and we wish for a better day, what we're wishing for can't come from politics, political leaders, church leaders. It can't come from a pastor or anybody else. It's going to come only from the return of King Jesus. He's coming back. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming back again. Now I want to go back over to Matthew chapter 24, 
you want to turn back over there with me, Matthew chapter 24. And let's read in verse 30. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. The Son of Man is Jesus. He will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see that the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Why will the tribes uh, of the earth mourn? Because they will realize they were wrong. They will realize that they took it upon themselves to be God, to save themselves, that they didn't need the church, that they didn't need faith, that they didn't need God, that they chose to reject Jesus. But yet when He comes again, it's going to be instantaneous knowledge. Oops! Man, I messed up. Man, I missed it. He is king. He is Lord. And he is returning as he promised he would. Yes, he will appear in the sky. He will come back physically to rule and reign. Let me tell you some, some wonderful things and why you should be excited about the return of King Jesus. You know, I remember when I was younger, people would preach about the return of Jesus and, and they would speak to those who weren't saved and, uh, and talk about the dangers of missing the rapture, the dangers of not believing in the return of Jesus. And, and it frightened me as a young child. And so I, I took that emotion with me through my life until as, as a Christian, when I got born again and filled with the Spirit, and I began to research and realize that no one in Scripture was afraid of the return of King Jesus. No one in Scripture didn't want the return of King Jesus. In fact, they were like... Man, who will save me from this body of death? Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we need you. Oh, thank you, God, that you promised and you're returning. This, this was their attitude, excitement about the return of King Jesus. And so you know what, church? It ought to be excitement for you, too. When you see the signs of pain around you, don't be afraid. Be excited that Jesus is coming back again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when he comes back, oh, he's bringing some wonderful things with him. Amen. It's just all of the pain is just signs that good things are coming. So the pain of conflict that we see, wars and hatred and division and fighting and murder and, and all of this, it seems like the world is getting more divided. Well, you can look at that pain and you can think, well, that is a certain sign of impending death. But no, the pain of conflict is a sign that the Prince of Peace is coming again. Hallelujah. Yes, because when the Prince of Peace comes, there will be no more wars after Jesus takes over. Yes, he's coming and he will defeat every enemy. Yes, he will take over every nation. He will be victorious over all. And when he does, he will usher in peace. No more conflict. In fact, the Bible even says that the lion will lay down by the lamb. Yes, if God can get the lion and the lamb to lay down together, he can get us to lay down together in peace, side by side, hand in hand. He can get us to love one another. Yes, when the prince of peace comes, conflict on the outside will be gone. Conflict on the inside will be gone. Hallelujah. What is King Jesus bringing? You know, you can look around and see the pain of, of, of sickness and sorrow and death. And sometimes we look at, at things in this world and we think, God, how can things be so bad? Why do things happen? Horrible things happen to people on this earth. And it seems like 
The more we find cures for stuff, the more people get sick and die from it. And the more we try to reach out and love, the more it seems like there's hatred and anger and violence and stuff going on. Why is there so much sickness and sorrow and death? Oh, but those are just signs. You see, the pain of sickness and sorrow and death is nothing more than a sign, oh, that the great physician is coming again. Hallelujah. The only one who can really heal the world, the only one who can heal us of everything, Jesus Christ. He's going to heal the world of all sickness. He's going to heal the world of all sorrow. He's going to heal the world of all pain. Yes, there will be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. Yes, Jesus is the great physician and he's coming back again. Hallelujah. We can see the pains of injustice that's been on everyone's mind this week. We can see that Sometimes people who lie, cheat, and steal seem to do well in this world. And we wonder, where is the justice? Where is the justice? Innocent people are put down and folks are murdered simply because somebody wants to take their stuff or they, they hate the color of their skin or whatever it may be. And we wonder, where's the justice? We have a justice system here in this country, and, and, and I believe that people try, most people are trying to do the best they can to find justice, but the truth is we humans can't find justice. We've, we've put people away for decades only to find out through DNA they never did it. There is no true justice on planet Earth. And, and let me just take a, a sidebar for a minute because I want you to get this. There is a fine line between revenge and justice. But there is a definite line between revenge and justice. In fact, it's fine because it's hard for you to recognize the difference. But it's a defined line because there is a difference between revenge and justice. And what a lot of people say is justice in the world today is really this them wanting to get revenge. Are you hearing that today? But God says, make room for my revenge. Make room for vengeance for me. I will repay. So you look around and you say, God, okay, you're supposed to bring justice. You're supposed to repay. Uh, I'm not seeing it happen. I'm seeing the pain of injustice, of suffering. It seems like the wicked are doing well, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know what? Those are just pains. They're birth pains letting you know that the righteous judge is coming. Hallelujah! 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 Jesus, the righteous judge. You know what that means? It means the one who holds all truth is coming. The one who holds all truth is coming. I've thought about this a lot this week. You know, we, we have everybody giving their opinions on what's going on, and that's a good thing. I, I think expressing yourself uh, and your viewpoint is valuable because we can learn from one another. But you know who holds all truth? Jesus and the rest of us are just looking from our perspective through our experiences. None of us hold all truth except Jesus, which is why when we try honestly to make judgments and we try to do them right, even when we're doing our best, we often fail because we don't have all truth. But the righteous judge who sees all and knows all, he knows the intentions of the heart. He knows every action that took place. He knows everything that has happened. He's going to come and rightly judge. Yes, he's going to lift up those who've been pushed down as he's going to judge those who've been doing wrong. Glory to his name. The righteous judge is coming. Hallelujah. Are you catching this? 
When you look around, child of God, and you see the pains of the world, you ought to get excited knowing that it's not a sign of death. It's a sign of life coming. Something new is being born. Yes. And I want to I leave with this one thing here. The pain of your imperfection. You know, when you're a genuine child of God and you've really been born again, you desire to be like Jesus. And you want to please God and you, you want to do what's right and you want to be a good reflection of His glory. But the truth is, the only thing perfect about you is your spirit, right? And your spirit has to come through your imperfect mind and body and we know how that works out. Sometimes we just are functioning in the flesh. It's not that we're in the flesh, it's that we're functioning in the flesh. We're walking in the flesh. And we speak out of anger and hatred and division and strife and selfishness and jealousies and all the stuff in the world. And we do things that we shouldn't be doing. And when we, when we connect God's word in our spirit to what we're doing wrong in our flesh, we're disappointed in ourselves and we don't want to do that. I want to please God. I don't want to be imperfect. That's why Paul cried out. He groaned. Man, I, I'm wanting that day to come. I'm longing for that day to come. Who'll save me from this body of death? Yes, Jesus Christ will. He will give us the complete victory. Glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, when Jesus comes back again, he's going to perfect us spirit, soul, and body. Yes, we will be wholly sanctified, complete. You know what? I'm never going to have to sin again. I'm never going to have to be sick again. I'm never going to be broken again. You know why? Because the King is going to present me faultless before the presence of the glory of the Father with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Oh, I long for that day when I am no longer in this broken spirit and I mean broken soul and broken flesh, but my perfect spirit is united with a perfect soul and perfect body. And then we will be like he is. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. Yes. So when you see the pains of my imperfection, when you see the pains of me not doing what I'm always supposed to be doing, I'm telling you right now, don't look at that and think that's a, a bad sign. What that is, is a sign that something better is coming. Yes, Jesus is coming back because he's not finished with me yet. Yes, he who started this thing in me is able to complete it. And when King Jesus comes back, he will perfect me holy spirit, soul, and body. He will present me to the Father in perfection. Come on. Hallelujah to the King. Hallelujah to King Jesus. Don't you get it? What you're groaning for, what you're painting over, what you're feeling the, the pangs of birth over is something new coming our way. You're feeling it, you're sensing it, and you know it's coming. So church, what do we do? If we know Jesus is coming and he's bringing all these wonderful things that only Jesus can bring, and we groan for it and we long for it, what do we do in the meantime? You know, a lot of people think we just sit back and wait, just hang on. But uh, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be doing some things in the meantime, some very important things in the meantime. Let's read in Matthew chapter 24 again in verse 42. Uh, it says very quickly, Jesus says, Therefore be on the alert. Therefore means I've described to you the signs of the coming, the second coming, and uh, I want you to be uh, uh, knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it. I, want, I don't want you to be... Uh, confused or misled. I've taught you all these things. Therefore, be on the alert. 
for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. You know, when a woman is pregnant, she doesn't just live her life normally until the baby's born. She doesn't just sit around waiting. No, she's got some things, some very important things that she's got to do. And let me tell you something, church. The church is pregnant with the kingdom of God. Yes, the kingdom is in us. The first fruits is in us. The spiritual kingdom is in us. But it is our job to prepare for the coming of the kingdom of God, the coming of King Jesus in a physical, natural sense. That's the pattern. It starts spiritual. And when the time is right, it becomes physical. It's like, a, it's like a seed that you plant. When you plant an oak seed, you can see everything that that, thing is going, that that tree is going to become exists in the seed. And when you plant it, you put it in a place where you can't see what's happening. But you know it's planted there. And you know it's going to produce. So the kingdom has been planted like a seed in the hearts of, of the children of God. And you don't see the, the kingdom of God in the natural. It's not above the soil yet. But you know it's coming. You know it's happening. You know that it's just a matter of time before it bursts forth and becomes. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that the kingdom is coming in the natural. And it is our job to prepare for the coming of the king. Yes, we've got to be busy. So when you ladies know this, when you get pregnant, you got to prepare. You've got to make room. Where's the baby going to sleep? you got to start saving money for, for clothes and diapers, and we need a baby bed and a crib. You've got to prepare your place for the arrival. Church, we've got to prepare ourselves for the, the arrival of King Jesus. Yes. We've got to know the signs of the time and prepare our hearts and minds. Listen, the last thing that you should be doing as a child of God is acting as if this is the way it's always going to be and planning your life for here on planet Earth. No, you need to be preparing your hearts and your minds and your churches and your jobs and your families for the return of King Jesus. Not only do you have to prepare a place, but you've got to prepare yourself. That's right. Women who are pregnant have to eat different. They have to stop drinking alcohol and smoking if they do that. They have, to, they have to take care of themselves. There are times when they need to exercise, and there's times when they need to stay in bed for long periods of time, depending upon how your situation is. But they know they have to prepare. The baby is important. Yes, it's not what is that you're preparing for. It's what's coming that you're preparing for. Are you catching that today? Church, we've got to prepare ourselves. You know what? It's our job to grow. Yes, King Jesus is going to bring perfection to the earth, but that doesn't mean that we can't do better. That doesn't mean that we can't grow. That doesn't mean that we can't love more and care more, have more compassion and make a greater impact. If we just sit back in our lazy boy chairs waiting for Jesus to come, we're going to miss the opportunity to save those who are lost and, and heal those who are sick and love on those who are broken, lift up those who've been oppressed and, and care for those who are lonely and suffering. We're going to miss opportunities to be like Jesus. Yes, we've got to grow and get better. Can I tell you something? I'm not done growing. I'm not done growing. I'm growing every chance I get. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to be better. I want to look more like Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And finally today, when a, a woman is pregnant, it's her job to sound the call. No one else can tell you when the baby's coming. 
Only she can. There are signs in her body that let her know this is time. And she's got to tell her husband. She's got to call the doctor. They've got to let everyone know. But it starts with her. Can I tell you something, church? It is our job to let the world know the king is coming. It's our job to let them interpret the signs that they're seeing today, the, the pains that they're seeing today. Let them know this is not death. This is not nothing to worry about. This is natural because it is ushering in a new era. It is bringing in something good, something wonderful, something new. So what we need to do is be declaring the king is coming. I feel the pains. I don't like them either. I don't know a woman in the world who enjoys labor pains. Some of the most devastating pains a human being can experience. I don't think women enjoy that very much. But they endure it because they know it's a sign of something better that is coming. The birth of something new. Life in wonderful goodness. Yes, God's plan is good. Yeah, there's some... Some bad stuff that goes on, but God's plan is good. Get on the train. Get in with Jesus. Become a part of the kingdom of God. It's by faith. Please don't think I'm telling you today that you have to uh, behave your way into righteousness. No. No, religion says behave and you'll be right. But true faith in Christ says that if you believe, you'll be made right. Yes. Hallelujah. It's not our righteousness, it's His. Yes, He gives it to us. He gives it to us. And listen, I don't care what mistakes you've made, what, what things you've said or done, what your rap sheet is down at the Department of Public Safety. I don't care about the past. I want you to know this. Jesus loves you. He wants to bring you into the kingdom of God. He wants to make you a child of God, a son of His Father, an heir of God, and a joint heir with Christ. So that when the king returns, you look to the skies with joy and gladness. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. That offer is good for you today. God has made that offer for you today. But time is running short. You know what? The rapture is going to take place. The church is going to be taken in the air. There's going to be a period of, of what the Bible calls devastation. The times that are so bad the world hasn't seen any time like them, and the Antichrist will rise up, and, 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 and a, a mindset that is anti-Jesus will rule the world, and things will get really destructive. It's called the Great Tribulation. But then at the end of that time, and when it's right, the Bible says in Revelations that Jesus will get on a white horse, faithful and true, yes, and he will grab the saints of God. They will go, we will go with him from heaven. We will go with Jesus riding on a white horse. Yes, and, and the armies of heaven, that's us. And, and we will come back to earth. And there will be a battle, the battle of Armageddon. And Jesus will defeat every enemy. And he will take over the planet. And the Bible says that you and I, child of God, will rule and reign with him. It is in that time that there will be perfect peace. There will be absolute justice. There will be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain. Yes, and you who long to be perfect will finally live a perfect life, spirit, soul, and body, complete and whole in Christ Jesus. So look around you. 
Look around you, church. See the pains. I don't like them either. But they're a sign that something good is coming our way.